Hello, church family. Happy Sabbath. My name is Sophia, and I'm glad that you all joined us today for this Pathfinder Sabbath. You know, every year in my homeschool charter school, students are given the opportunity to present a monologue of a historical figure. I've been participating in this event for the past, I mean, like, since I was in second grade, where I did Susan B. Anthony, the woman behind every woman's vote. When I was in first oh, oh yeah, there it is. When I was in first grade, I did Rosa Parks, another great woman who sat down to show the world how to stand up. When I was in fourth grade, I did Malala Yousafzai. The youngest recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize and who believes that every child has the right to education. For the past three years, I've been telling great stories about great women who have changed the world. This year, on this Sabbath, I get the chance to tell my story. My story might not change the world, but change at least one heart to Jesus. When Miss Janet asked for participants for this Pathfinder Sabbath, I knew in my heart that I wanted to participate, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it or if I could do it. Then one time when I had a talk with my mom, I didn't know what occurred to my mind, but I told her I wanted to participate for the Pathfinder Sabbath. Before I tell you my story, let me do a little object lesson that I want to call divine gift. Hmm. How many of you enjoy getting gifts? Yeah, everyone. I know I do, especially when I get unexpected gifts. The thrill of opening a gift box gets me all excited because I know there's something inside it for me. But did you know that God gave us a bunch of gifts that we weren't expecting? God specifically picked these gifts and put them all inside of us. But these gifts aren't wrapped in big bags or in gift boxes. These gifts are the talents given to us by God. He put all these talents inside us. The only way to unwrap them is by practicing these talents or by giving them a try. And that's what I did. Last year, when the church announced that they were looking for volunteers for the VBS, I was so thrilled. I've been wanting to participate in something like that. One time, I asked my mom how one can be part of a praise team. She said maybe they get an invitation to be a part of it. But then I said, what if I don't get an invitation? My mom told me to pray about it, and that's what I did. I said to God, I may not be the best singer, but I know I can sing. Not the best dancer, but I can dance. So I asked mom, my mom if I can text Pastor Linda. She happily replied and said that she would contact Miss Maria. 
The next thing I knew, I was in the praise team, and my little brother Sammy too. That was the best VBS experience ever. The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 6, we all have different gifts. Each gift came because of the grace that God gave us. If one has the gift of prophecy, he should use that gift for the faith he has. This verse tells us that God has given us different talents, and we should use them to serve him. I know I have some talents that I can use to serve God, and I also know that I still have more gifts waiting for me to open them. Okay, let me just wait. I don't want to stare at this beautiful gift and just wonder what's inside it. Remember this, your talent is God's gift to you. What you do with your gift is your gift back to God. No, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. <laughs> Friends, today I want to encourage you to use your God-given gifts because he can use those gifts to do something amazing for you. My prayer is for God to help us use our talents to bless those around us and to bring glory to him. <laughs> Hi, my name is Brielle and I'm 10 years old. When I was four, my family started raising monarch butterflies because they were almost endangered. First, we planted milkweed in the backyard and wild butterflies come, came and laid their eggs on the leaves. You can show the picture. Uh, you can show the next picture. <laughs> Here is a picture of some um, leaves we took inside. Um, the leaf on the right has a white egg and it's more new. And the leaf on the left has a grayer egg. I don't know if you can see that one, but it's um, older so it could hatch sooner. The leaf on the middle, oh yeah, I don't think you can see it, but it's a little caterpillar way up at the top. Um, you can show the next picture. So as you can see, when they hatch, they're very, very small. And um, so they have to grow a lot. Um, you can show the next picture. Um, so this one's a couple weeks old. So they grow really, really fast in a little short time. So to grow that fast, that big, they have to eat and eat and eat. So we would put a clipping of milkweed, which is what they eat, in a vase of water and put it in their cage. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, Seeing them go through the process from little egg to little caterpillar to big caterpillar, I'd get really attached to them. Um, but one day, when we came home, one of them had fallen into a, the vase of water and drowned. We took it out. It looked pretty dead. But um, I was really sad. But I asked Mommy, should we pray for it to live? And Mommy said, it's dead, but it never hurts. So we prayed, and Mommy didn't really know what to do, but she started pushing on its belly. <laughs> but nothing happened, so we just lay him on a leaf and left him there. Later that day, we were shocked when we saw him crawling around on his leaf, like nothing was wrong. Um, we were so happy, but Mommy thought he might have gotten some brain damage from drowning, so he might not be able to, 
might not be able to form his chrysalis. You can show the video. You can show the video. Okay. Um, but later, when he did make his chrysalis, we thought maybe he wouldn't be able to hatch, or if he, or he wouldn't hatch, at, like, or if he did hatch, he wouldn't be able to fly because his wings would be bent or something. But about two weeks later, he hatched into a beautiful butterfly and eventually flew away. Um, later, later we read online that sometimes you can um, push on a caterpillar that has drowned and squeeze the water out of its skin so it can breathe again since it breathes through its skin. Over the years, the story has frequently reminded me that God takes care of even, um, that God Oh, wait. Over the years, the story has frequently reminded me that God takes care of little things if we ask him. It reminds me of Philippians 4, 6 to 7 that says, Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Um, since then, I've prayed many times for other things, some big and some small, and I've seen God answer my prayers. Recently, I started um, writing prayers God has answered in a journal. Um, and I noticed that even though when God doesn't answer the way I hope, I feel better knowing it's in his hands. So let's remember not to worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. God is present even in the dark times. I want to tell you a story that, of the night that changed my life. So one night, I woke up screaming that I couldn't breathe. My dad rushed into my room and immediately carried me out the door into the car so we could get to the ER. When we got there, I was immediately tended to and I started to be able to breathe again. The doctor needed to run some tests and pretty soon I was back asleep peacefully. When I woke up, I remember being wrapped up in my favorite blanket. I still have it today. I saw my dad and he seemed at peace. He told me to go back to sleep and that morning I was able to go. Turns out I had been diagnosed with asthma. I had to pick up an inhaler. A, a preventive medicine, sort of like an inhaler, but it doesn't work immediately. And some allergy medication. There was a time, and there still is a time, that I got sick of my medicine, but with God's help, I have been able to take it. I do pray for the day that I can get rid of my medication and my asthma, but for now, my life is slightly normal. I still take the Alvesco, which is the second medicine I had mentioned, and the Singular, which is the allergy medication, nightly. I, the verse that relates to this is Jeremiah 29:11 because it says that God has plans for you and you just need to trust him. The words in that verse are, for I know I the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans for a hope and a future. I still have asthma, but I feel blessed. I only need to take mine when necessary. So that means when I get a cold or for some reason, my asthma is flaring up, um, and I will forever thank God for that. Thank you for listening.
Okay. Such as, <laughs> such as the American Revolution, where the colonists wanted freedom and representation, King George III wouldn't give them anything they wanted, and he was taxing them on everyday things. So the colonists ended up going to war with Britain, and since they kept on pushing forward and believing, they ended up winning their freedom. Not all people were free. In America, though, sadly, there was still slavery, but African Americans still kept believing that they will be free one day. And then in the year 1860, Abraham Lincoln banned slavery, allowing all of them to be free. Although there was still segregation, they still kept pushing forward with people like Dr. Martin Luther King or Shirley Chrisholm. Shirley Chrisholm was the first African-American woman to run for president. During the election, she received many death threats and threats to her family, yet she still kept on pushing forward because she believed in what she was doing. Although she didn't win the election, she quoted, the next time a woman of whatever color or a dark-skinned person of whatever sex aspires to be president, the way should be a little smoother because I helped paved it. In 2008, Obama became the first African-American to become president, and we now have our own female vice president. Throughout American history, people pushed forward for freedom. No matter how hard it was, no matter how long it took, they were able to achieve their goal, and we are treated more and more like equals each day. There's a book my grandma gave me titled The Pilgrim's Progress. It starts off with a man who was in great distress because he's heard that the city would burn down from heaven. The family thinks he's losing his mind and rebuked him. So he decided to leave his family in search of a narrow gate that an angel showed him. He decided to go follow that narrow gate and search for freedom and protection. Throughout the rest of the book, he goes through many different struggles and sometimes gets off path. One of his friends was even persecuted. He kept on marching forward, though, and in the end, he finally reached the gate and was let in. This book reminds me of Jacob's vision in Genesis 28:12. It says, he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on earth, which its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were descending and descending on it. Ellen White wrote, God appeared in glory above the ladder, looking down with compassion on eerie and sinful Jacob. It is through the Christ that the Father beholds sinful man. The broken links have been repaired. A highway has been thrown up along which the weary and heavy laden may pass. They may enter heaven and find rest. The staircase might be tiring, it might, may be rough, but the reward is greater than anything on this earth. The thing that keeps us pushing forward like those people in the past is believing. So do you believe in Jesus? If you believe in Jesus, then you will be saved. You will have the eternal reward of heaven. If you just push forward, then you will have everlasting life. Even the Bible says that in John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Did you hear that? Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. All we need to do is believe in him. God already gave us the power to push forward when he sent Jesus to the earth and die for our sins. People in the past fought for what they believe in. We can fight for God knowing that he is by his side no matter what happens to us. I want to close with a part of a song I learned when I was six years old. And it says, soldiers, all are we to go where Jesus leads, to fight the foe and we will overcome. Heaven is our goal to save every soul. Pray that we will all be there. 
I believe in my Father, Jesus Christ, and I know that I will go to heaven because I'm willing to push forward for him. I'm asking you guys to do the same thing so we can all be by his side and join hands together. Before I begin, I just want to give a, a huge shout out to my dad who really helped me work on this because it was a lot harder than I thought it'd be and he just kind of helped me get through it. So thanks, dad. I love you. And also, I want to give a huge shout out to all the previous speakers and they just did a wonderful job. Can we give them another round of applause? All right, so my name is Chloe Penelope Montalvo, and for those of you who were here last Pathfinder Sabbath, you may remember that I was the guide speaking, uh, speaking that time. And towards the end of my little sermonette, I said something along the lines of, oh, I'm going to read the Bible verse again and then pray because uh, this is probably the first and only time I'm up here. You know, God's a funny guy because... He had another plan, and so here I am today. So can I get an amen for that? Amen. Thanks. So um, in honor of this month, we're celebrating Women's History Month, and I decided uh, to uh, get to know one of the influential female characters in the Bible a little more. This is someone who I think we should all grow uh, to admire and respect, and her name was Rahab. Now, Rahab was a prostitute who lived in the land of Jericho. And um, for those of you who don't know her story, I'll give a quick little summary. Uh, she helped Israelite spies and allowed them to stay in her home. And uh, once the king of Jericho got suspicious about there being Israelite spies uh, within the nation, he sent guards out to search for them, and the guards came, knocked on Rahab's door. Hello, can we come in? And... Um, they couldn't find the spies, and so they left, and that's because Rahab had hid them uh, from those guards, ultimately leading to uh, Joshua and the Israelites' victory in Jericho a bit later in the story. And, um, af you know, after church is over, I highly recommend you all go and read uh, Joshua chapter 2. It's only 24 verses. It's not going to kill you. I really, really think you should because it's a great story, and I really love it. But... One of the best things about this story is Rahab's bravery. See, Rahab knew that she was going against the entire nation of Jericho, and she knew that because she was a prostitute, she had no one to fight for her just in case things got bad. So had, she, had the guards realized that she was in cahoots with the Israelite spies, her life would have probably been taken immediately, just then and there on the spot, but she still risked her life to help those two spies. And when we look into her reasoning as to why she helped, it was because she trusted in God. And see, Rahab teaches us a very valuable lesson, that it's okay to risk, to take risks for God. If you're doing it for him, it's all going to be fine. You know, obviously... I don't foresee any of us taking, you know, a big risk like that where we are going to risk our lives, right? Um, some of us may, might, but some, I, I highly doubt it. But, you know, there will be times when, you know, there will be that one kid in the cafeteria sitting alone, but we're scared of ruining our reputation, whether that's with a group of friends or with coworkers. We don't want to be seen as 
the outsider. But Rahab, uh, Rahab just teaches us that it's okay to take these risks because as long as you have God with you, nothing is going to happen. I mean, sure, there might be like a few consequences, but I mean, ultimately, it's going to be better to have God with you than when you're by yourself. And not only that, but this story has another theme that I really, really like. Um, but it reminds us that no matter who we are, no matter where we come from, no matter what we look like, Jesus is willing to use any, any one of us for his work. I mean, he's willing to use you, 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 me. Everybody in this room has something to offer. We just need to listen for God's call and accept it. And so the, the two major lessons of this story is God can use anyone, including you, you might not be as funny as he is. You might not be as pretty as she is. But everybody has something to offer. We all have a purpose on this earth. And two, we can take risks for God, no matter the consequences. As long as we have him, we don't need to be afraid. As Isaiah 41.10 reminds us, fear not, for I am with you. And uh, I also want to close with another Bible verse because there are so many Bible verses that just connect to this one story. And so this Bible verse is Deuteronomy 31.8. So I encourage you to pull out your Bible, pull out your phone, or just listen. It doesn't matter. But Deuteronomy 31.8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And I just want to leave you with that. And just like the last time I was up here, I'm going to end with a quick little prayer. So if you could all bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this wonderful Sabbath day where we can all gather together and worship you. Thank you for all that you have given us. And please help us to remember that it's okay to take risks for you. And that whenever we are called to work for you, impress our hearts to accept that call. Thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for your time.